Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Couple Nurses Podcast with your hosts, Peter Fendero and myself, Matt Slarczyk. This is a podcast where we tackle current health news and hot nursing topics one conversation at a time. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening, subscribing. As you know, the jazz, give us a five star. We appreciate it. And this is Current Health News Episode 16. I know you guys have been waiting for this one. We've been busy all damn week. We actually had five interviews this week, so we've been kind of hustling, man. And secretly, Sunday, we recorded the first episode to our vlog, which we'll be releasing in the next, I believe, two, three weeks. That And that's a guaranteed two, three weeks. Like, no, it's, it's, it's not guaranteed two, three weeks. It is. It's not. I'm going to put you on it right now. Well, we're going, to, we're going to travel nursing in like five weeks, so it has to be released prior to that. It'd probably be like four weeks. I feel like we're not, we might actually not even release it. We're going to release it right before travel nursing. I feel like okay. we're going to have it and we're going to show a few companies, but I think we're actually officially going to release it because that water, because we're going to need a few of them in a row before we actually start releasing them. So it's every week, you know, very good point. Yeah, I know. I've, I've learned my lesson with these, with these, <laughs> with these dates that we throw out at you guys. Yeah. So we, we were sorry about that one. Right. I'll, I don't say sorry often. Because I'm the unapologetic male sometimes. but I'm not going to apologize because I didn't say anything. Okay. I am sorry here to all the fans, all the listeners. But yeah, definitely three, four weeks. We're going to have it out. I'm going to quote this one. I'm going to make sure I'm going to push the buttons and everything. I'm going to wake up Peter early in the morning if the shit doesn't get done. So anyways, PD, how are we doing today? And let's talk about some freaking stats on the C19. I'm doing good. I'm trying to see if I can hit the gym real quick before work. And yeah, just being busy. So busy that I can't even sleep on my, on my day off. Which is not really a big, big deal. I just sleep after my day off, I guess. But yeah. All right, guys. So COVID stats. You know, COVID is still pushing hard. Booming. COVID's probably pushing content harder than we're pushing content. But I ain't going to talk shit. So cases, a little over 23 million globally with almost 800K deaths. California is still leading the U.S. with the, with the cases at 654,000 with 11,000 deaths. Then we got Florida next with 593,000 cases with 10,000 deaths. Then Texas, the great state of Texas, Joe Rogan's moving there. So maybe we'll do a contract there sometime just to see Joe Rogan. So Texas has 590,000 cases with 10,000 deaths. A little more, 10,700 to be exact, a little bit more than, than Florida. Then, of course, New York, still still strong there with 458,000 cases with 32,000 deaths, almost 33,000. And Georgia sliding in for fifth with 249 cases, 249,000 cases. With around five thousand deaths, I feel like I'm. Um, I feel like this is like competition. I feel like maybe we should take some more, a little more seriously here. I'm gonna put a more serious voice next time. So I feel like I'm naming out states like a competition, like who's first is the best. But it's not how it is. People are dying. No, it's no, no, it's no joking matter. Definitely not. And we're actually going to be going to California in like what in sub- mid September. So that's the number one state there. So hopefully we don't we don't get COVID. I mean they have the most cases, but that's why it's New York, like. I wonder, I'm kind of curious for nurses that traveled from California to New York or vice versa to see how differently they handle COVID or how different they, they felt. But I feel like that's going to be more like a hospital kind of thing, more like a state thing. Because, you know, even though we have like our state-run hospitals and we have our private hospitals, like things are still different in between hospitals. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be like one standard system, but sometimes people are lacking PPE, which I don't think is an issue right, right now, but the way they handle these COVID cases might be a little different from hospital to hospital. It's also gonna depend on the physician, man. When I was in the ICU, even though it's the same damn unit in the same hospital, it depends which physician is on and they'll do things differently, mm-hmm. man. You got physicians that are 
putting in damn chest tubes, you know, then you'll have another physician that will keep that same chest tube and he'll manipulate it a little bit to see if the lung is going to re-expand. Yeah. Um, just like manipulating the vents, man. Sometimes they do different settings for these patients. And I'll have a physician that asked about like vitamin D or something. He's like, oh, that's bullshit, you know. Another physician it might be for it. So I think it just really depends per person, man. And that's the thing about healthcare that it's the doctor to patient relationship. Yeah, especially now with with uh, with a virus, it's we've been having it since March. So it's been like what six months? March, April, May, June, July, August. I'm glad yeah. you can count. Almost almost six months, and like we still we're still not really sure on like what to do. That's crazy how long it takes for us to kind of gather the research and finally figure out how this virus actually actually works because it's just it just takes that long of, of studying it you know if you go to school imagine how much how much years of science class you're taking you know years and years just to learn that field so this is a new virus so it's going to take us so much or such a long time to actually learn how this virus replicates what it does how it damages things how it affects you genetically what are the short-term effects compared to what are the long-term effects because you know we might find a cure for this virus and just because we found a cure for it and it solves our, our solution now with with getting rid of it and fighting it, five years from now, 10 years from now, people will still be getting sick from COVID-19 because we're not gonna we're not really sure what the long-term effects are from this virus. It's because you know you cleared it from your body or your body built out a tolerance for it, it might have damaged some of some of your genetic genetic cells or it might have damaged your cell genetically where you're gonna have it come up in the future, like TB, like people have latent TB and technically you might never get, get active TB, but some people have latent TB that turn into active, you know, 15 years from now, 20 years from now. Some people have latent TB and they don't develop any symptoms ever. So it might be something like that. Like you guys, it's, you never know. Not only that, but this whole thing became very political, right? Because mm -hmm. of like the election and the shit that we're seeing on Facebook and it's, that's taken things longer. And that's why we maybe had more resistance because, you know, as Americans, we kind of like love our freedoms in a way. And we, inter we interviewed somebody from Poland and they were straight business there, man. Mm -hmm. Like I was even shocked. The way things worked is if you had COVID positive, you actually had to quarantine and you had police officers checking up on you daily yeah. or whatever the case might be sometimes they would call or they would ask you to send them your location to see whether you're actually at home yeah daily had like a tracking app where you get this app on your phone and to verify your place it would be a the trap the, or not the trap the trap spot that had tracks your location so the app is going to tell you he's located here but you also have to verify with a picture that because some people could could like you know um they had down a hack where where it changes location, like, you know, like VPN. VPN, things like that. Like for Pokemon Go, there's like a hack where you can travel all around the United States back in whenever it was popular like last year or, or whatever, spoofing is called or something like that. And um, people could do this, but they took an extra measure of saying, hey, now we do, we got to know where you are all the time with this app. We also want a picture to make sure that you are at home. And you can't really fake a, fake a home because not everyone has a studio or a green screen that can just put a picture of, uh, of their living room on, right? So that's actually pretty crazy. And like the fact that, our, our friend Luke, and now you heard Matt say that literally a police officer would go into the village or the town literally to like, check a back up on you. Because in Poland, there's still places where people don't really use cell phones too much. Like our older generation in Poland, they don't really use like the apps on cell phones. So they literally would have a police officer posted in their village or in their town to check, to check up on them to make sure they don't leave because they do not want it to spread. Which imagine if that happened here. Dude, there'd be so much riots. If a, if a police officer had to come... In, if a police officer in the U.S. had to come to your home to make sure you are there, 
people would, would shit their pants. They would freak out. Yeah. They would think communism. They would think, you know, fascism. Fascism. You know, this is what Hitler did to his people, which is, which is like, yeah, I would not want that to happen. But look at countries like in Poland where they did it. And, you know, that's, that's the way they did things. I know one, no one said anything. I'm sure people were, were upset about it, but, you know, what can you do? I'm sure Poland was spreading massive amounts of fear that, hey, if you go somewhere, you're going you're gonna to die. And we probably could have looked, looked up some stats for Poland, see how they're doing with, with, with the virus. But for the most part, our friend Luke said um, it's, it's contained. And you also mentioned that Poland built a new university hospital, and that hospital was finished being built, built in March. So that actually came in clutch for Poland's benefit because they had a brand new hospital and they devoted that brand new hospital as the COVID hospital of, of, of like Poland and in the, in the area. So that's pretty dope. Mm. Um, what else is happening in the world, right? So Pelosi, um, as you guys know, before we kind of let the whole Congress, the whole House kind of go on vacation in a way. And Pelosi, which is the leader of the Democrats in the House, kind of called back everybody for a emergency hearing. One of them was with the Postal Service that's happening. So we're fearing that there might be a delay in ballots. So summer recess is cut short. And we're going to see what's going to happen about that. We're worried that... If November 3rd happens, what if there's still a week of ballots to go through? You know, how... How, how mail-in voting? Yeah, we're talking about, about mail-in okay. voting. Like, how is that going to work, you know? Like, so that was happening. And then also, supposedly, our uh, President Trump, he was supposedly intentionally blocking federal funding to U.S. Postal Service, which is not like a confirmed f- fact. This is just something that he said on a interview. So we can't even confirm that's actually factual information. Yeah, I don't think you can. I don't know how you would block federal funding. Like what? Like post office has one job is to take your mail and then deliver it to another place. So if you block federal funding for that, the whole system would kind of go to shit because it's it has one task: deliver, take mail from point A, bring it to point B, and then disperse it to point C, right? So if you take away funding, it's going to affect the whole country. It's federally run. So I don't think that's very, that's very, very factual. But if you guys are talking about mail-in voting, like we do currently, we've had mail-in voting for the past elections, but it was only in certain cases, not this widespread issue. My thing is like, I'll I'll be honest, like sometimes for like for my association, because I pay monthly association, sometimes I would get the mail from them and I would send out the check like the next day, like the next two days in like a timely manner. But then like, I recently got a receipt from it and saying, so I technically I sent it out like July, like 4th or 5th, I sent out my association. And here I got credited for the mail coming into wherever it goes, July 16th. That's not, that's not very fair, right? It's not, it just shows you how slow it is. Because if I send my mail while the 4th, the 5th, or, or the, the 6th, and they didn't get it till the 16th, that's like a 10 plus day turnaround. And it's only, I'm literally on the south side of Chicago, and my mail is going to like a northern part of Chicago. Like it shouldn't take them that long to get the mail, right? So that just shows you how kind of ineffective it is, how ineffective it would be for the mail-in voting in large scale. It's small scale, it's fine because post office can handle going through all, the, all this mail, but large scale, definitely not, not a good idea, especially if you want a high turnover. If, if you want to do mail-in voting, then hey, we maybe shouldn't announce the election results on November 3rd. We should maybe say, hey, you got to vote by November 3rd, but then we'll actually announce the election results by November 10th or whatever. That would be another option. You know, if you think about it logically, because if you can't, if you can't account for all the votes by mail within that 24-hour period, then we shouldn't expect it to be done at 24-hour period. You know, like I don't see an issue either one, do less voting by mail, or b, 
change the actual date of when the results are supposed to be published. Well, Peter, this is like a holiday for people, man. So you it can't is. you can't just be like, okay, hey, we're gonna push back Easter a week. Yeah, I mean, people, we can't. That's gonna, what I'm saying. But yeah. that's a, it's, a, it's a solution. If you guys really want to be able to voting, then hey, let's just not force us to get done with this tomorrow period because it's it's impossible. So it's either a we downscale this mail mail in voting or b change the fucking results date. Like you know, that's just, that's like the two choices that we that we really have. So you got to give and take one or the other. You know, you make it seem very simple. Maybe, I mean, it's, maybe it's, you should run for the you know the USPS office. But I actually mayor of Chicago. I actually worked for uh, UPS. You know, I was a forklift operator, and we used to you know send out shipments all the damn time. We had to make cut times. You know, sometimes we had to. This is not mail, but we had to go through the whole trailer just to take a pallet out to get it on. You know, let's just say make it by six p.m. so they could go to St. Louis to make it to that customer that morning. You know, and sometimes you can't make it happen. Sometimes. You forgot a shipment that's on the dock, and then we're like, "Oh shit! Well, we'll just send that out tomorrow." Yeah. So there's instances, yeah, there's a delay, and especially with you know, 300 million Americans in the United States, and now you know with this whole C19, you kept calling it COVID, by the way. So see, trying to you know avoid the word here. Um, with with, that, with such a large scale, that's going to be you know a huge demand. So they either have to increase funding or somehow somehow expand. Yeah. So I think they're trying to pass a bill that would grant USPS like twenty five billion to help with that. Yeah. Another issue is like who's looking at these these votes. You know, I'm sure you guys seen a video circulating uh, on the internet that had the return envelopes. They had like the serial number, and then they either had an R or a D in it, depending on if you were a registered Democrat or dumb or registered Republican, and like who's to say that somebody might not be like completely against Biden and might destroy all the the Democratic envelopes, right? Yeah. Or someone that's that's for Trump and is gonna destroy all the you know the the Democratic you know voting envelopes because if it says D and R on it, like our technically our votes are supposed to be private right people aren't supposed to know who you vote for right otherwise we could just you know use an app and just vote like via the app or whatever but yeah that completely takes away that that right as like your your, your voter right and like who is to say that maybe people in the in like in the higher level of the voting system they might not do it but maybe a male person might do it that really has an anger towards trump or really has an anger toward towards biden like you, you go both ways Definitely. You know, the, the best way to, to vote is still to do it in person. And it's, like, it's still okay to vote in person. Like, people are, are in a grocery, like, in grocery store. People are still shopping. And, you know, the grocery clerks are there. The people are still working at registers. And, and their job's de- deemed safe, right? And they could deal with people and handle their food all day. And, you know, now for voting, it's, it's going to be unsafe. Like, how, how does that make any sense that, you know, you can still pay in a cash register face-to-face with, with a person, buy groceries, but now it's too dangerous to vote, you know? People yeah. stand in lines for, for DMVs, and now it's too too dangerous to vote. Be, and, and yeah, if you're if you're higher age, you're at, you're at higher risk, but if you're higher age, you know, you could vote by mail. Like, that's that's logical approach because that way it doesn't clog the system in, in like, the US, USPS. And with the, with the DMV, if, if you guys don't know, if you're above a certain age, they'll, they'll let you cut the line. And everyone's okay with it. Like, we understand that you're older. This is, this is the time that, that we face. Like, I'm okay with you cutting me in line. It doesn't matter if I'm first or last. You know, so we can definitely make it work on that. It doesn't have to be... We have to swing so dramatically that everyone has to vote by mail all of, all of a sudden. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why should it take a dramatic turn? Well, we're a bunch of sheeps, man, in a yeah. way. In a way, we're just listening to exactly that. Oh, it's dangerous. And 
this just seems like it's another war. Do you remember like when like 9-11 happened and we were scared of that supposedly terrorists are putting like some freaking mustard gas or some kind of agent in yeah, our mail or something, yeah. and people are freaking out and they're like putting on freaking straight up gas masks to open mm. up mail? Like that's that's like silly, you know, but it, like that kind of shit does happen, you know? So this is just technically another war that we're fighting, but it's invisible and that's a problem because they can say whatever the F they want and what are we going to deny it? Mm. Well, I, I don't know. It's Yeah, there's something floating in the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the virus is real. Don't get us wrong. The virus does kill people. People are dying from this actual C-19. It's just, I, just, I mean, personally, I just don't believe that this much hype around it is necessary. Definitely, man. Some hype, yes. Not this much hype. Like a scale of 1 in 10 and this hype was a 10, we could probably bump it down to like an 8. Easy, even like a seven in certain certain states. I would go lower, man, but that's just me. Let, let's keep going. And that's why, like, you know, guys, like, you guys are listening to us. And, you know, we kind of always keep it real. We just kind of say how it is. We say it unfiltered. And it sucks that some of our episodes get deleted because of that. That's why we're doing Patreon. So, yeah, in the near future, I was just going to say that we're going to be doing these, like, current health news or just topics about random ass shit on Patreon because we could release it there. We can control who watches it. And we could have it on that platform without getting deleted. And it's going to be completely ours. Do you want to share a timetable? Timetable? I am not sharing any (laughs) dates, man. Like, we have it already. It's just, like, guys, like... Figuring out how to make it, like, work in sync and able to have it full nicely without, you know, taking any breaks or... Because we don't want to release it and then try and figure out how to do it on the show. Yeah, and then then half-ass it. Like, that's not the point. Because everyone's wasting your time and then... It, the message doesn't, doesn't get across across clearly, you know. Because imagine if us talking to like a like a really important topic, like imagine if I was talking, talking about like spina bifida, and then we we stop every ten minutes because we gotta fix the screen or something like that. You know, it's yeah. not gonna be fun to listen to. Yeah, but it's definitely coming if you guys are hanging around. Next kind of cool thing. So the first registered coronavirus is called the Sputnik Five, which is a Russian vaccine. And it's called Sputnik 5 because it's named after the first satellite that was released in orbit by the Soviet Union. So President Trump, I mean, President President Vladimir Putin announced the, the that. Kremlin. And um, he announced that it's the first vaccine in the world. And he even added that supposedly his daughter has already taken it and she didn't really have much symptoms. I wouldn't believe that. But No way. If you just created a virus or if you just created a vaccine... And you're president. There's no way you're going to let your daughter be the first person. She probably got some kind of placebo. She probably got like a water injection dude, yeah. for, all, for all I know. Like, who knows? Like, And plus, it's I haven't seen, even if you see it in the ministry, like, who knows what's what's in like that vial and, and all that jazz. So I'd probably take that with a, definitely a, grain of salt. A, a scoop of salt. Scoop of salt, yeah. More than a grain. Yeah. And August 12th, they finally started a clinical trials phase three for them. And it's interesting how, you know, they're only, they're only doing it on 2,000 people in different parts of the country, like Russia, Middle Eastern, Latin America countries like Brazil, UA, Saudi Arabia. So we'll see what they um, what they come up with. I think it's probably going to be great. Yeah, it's, it's, it might be great. Yeah. I think I started watching too much TV. Yeah. You know how, like, um, Trump kind of says shit. But anyways, they're going to mass produce it in September 2020, just like all these other damn vaccine global companies. And... It's just going to be like a global race to who could distribute it better and who could, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. Like he said that his daughter tried it, but yet it's going, it went into phase three trials on August 12th. And the phase trials is actually the actual human trials. Like, like first of all, if you're not going to pay, like pay past phase four and you're letting your daughter take this, like it doesn't really make, no matter how sure you are of it on paper, it's still kind of, kind of a risky business. That's why I don't, I don't think his daughter actually got it. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff happening actually in Eastern Europe. So Białoruś, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it in English, but in Polish it's Białoruś. Belarus. Belarus. Um, that's the last dictator in Europe is actually under pressure there. there. There's mass protests going on all across the country. They're trying to get rid of them. And it's crazy how, you know, UA, the European Union, they're trying to have talks on what they should do. And kind of Putin kind of basically said like, hey, stay out of this. It's not your business, which is true, you know, because look, look, and I'll, we're going to get into the wars a little bit later down. We have some kind of stuff about the presidents, but like America invaded a bunch of countries in Middle East and Russia and everything else. They had to kind of mind their own business. Right. But all of a sudden when, you know, this is happening in Belarus, like we shouldn't be, we should just mind our own business, you know, let them figure it out. There's a huge influence of Russia on them. So we shall see. I think he's been a dictator for 23 years. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's easy to say, let them figure it out. But if you keep saying, let them figure it out, let them figure it out, who's on the other side saying, no, let us figure it out? Like, you know, if we're, that's kind of the crazy thing. As like the United States, we're, we're pretty patriotic. We, we think that the way we do things here is, is a lot better than other countries. So a lot of times you want to instill like our, our political system, our democracy onto other countries that don't have this democracy, which, which is good. But like how much, how much is enough? Like, you know, because let's say if, if we do nothing about it, then who's to say that Russia, which is uh, Belarus's border on its, on its border, isn't going to intervene. You know, so it's like if you don't do something about it, that allows other countries to step in and do something about it, too. So it's kind of like us being the United States being a world power. Unfortunately, we're we're down to with the task of having to do something about every situation because our pain doesn't doesn't matter you know because if you look at the news stations in other countries or uh or like reporting in other countries people are looking at hey what is the u.s going to do about this that's like the number one topic like look at hong kong hong kong was literally asking us us for help, for help yeah like what is the u.s gonna, gonna, gonna do about this and unfortunately we couldn't we couldn't really do much we didn't do jack shit. Yeah. we just let we let china walk over them take away their freedom and um, yeah, because we could have taken a route where hey we could have intervened but the thing is like this was more of an issue between like the great britain and china because that's where the contract was 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 between and then yeah. hong kong being like literally the other side of the hemisphere it's a lot more difficult for us to kind of intervene inter intervene with that and if you look at the, the positive and negatives about that like it's sad that hong kong got their got their um, freedoms taken away and all those laws changed but if you're looking at it from like economical standpoint and more of a diplomatic standpoint that does by us not stepping in and doing anything that does kind of benefit us because a lot of business is going to leave hong kong and it's probably going to enter the like the us for the most part just because hong kong had a little bit less stricter laws uh, regarding like business finance than china does two than, systems you know, one country yeah than other countries do so even though we're taking a, a loss, it's not as big of a loss as people might, might think because a lot of that is going to flood, hopefully, into like Wall Street or into New York or, or things like that. But it's still unfortunate for Hong Kong, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have done anything about it. I'm just saying that if you're looking for, for like a, a reason why the U.S. didn't do anything, this is kind of like one of the reasons why we didn't really do anything about it. Yeah, and also because of the year that we're in, you know, it's election year for one. And the second thing is the whole viral thing, you know, so... This was like the perfect time for China to just step on boundaries, global boundaries, and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. By the way, we shouldn't have mentioned that because that's why our episode got deleted before, man. But let's continue. Yeah. So Purdue Pharma, as you guys know, it's a huge pharmaceutical company that um, makes OxyContin, which is a narcotic that was prescribed for pill. 
and they were allegedly the role of the epidemic that happened, the opioid epidemic crisis that happened in America. And supposedly U.S. states claim that they owe a total of $2.2 trillion to uh, combat the freaking damage that they did to all the, you know, states. It's nuts. And in 2019, they filed for bankruptcy when they had over 26,000 lawsuits brought by different cities, countries, and states, including Native American tribes, hospitals, and among other people. The problem is, is that this company in 2019, you know, filed for bankruptcy. And right now, if you liquidate the company, it's only worth $2 billion. So if you look at everything that happened, we cannot like get money back for the damage that they caused. But I think this is just a great lesson to how crazy pharmaceutical companies, you know, work, what kind of influence they have, and that we should kind of like maybe push legislation on that because just like you heard about the statins, you know, back in the day, doctors freaking got paid or went to banquet halls. You know, they couldn't they couldn't receive direct money from these companies. But what they did is instead is they got, you know, reimbursements. They got like, you know, the dinners, the parties, whatever. And this was all happening. And, you know, just like you see these, you know, um, I don't know what they're called. You know, when somebody comes into the doctor's office and they try to pitch him a pill. I don't know, marketing people, I guess. Sales people. Sales people, whatever. You know, those guys, right? Pharmaceutical sales, I guess. Yeah, pharmaceutical sales. So, like, it's it's a business, you know? And a doctor is going to basically get, um, what is it called? They're going to get convinced to use this pill instead, and they're going to get kickback. And just like we talk about the whole C19 to um, drugs, you know, they basically do the same damn thing, but one of them has a higher, you know, amount of uh, money that it... I'm sorry, I'm rambling my words here, but basically... One drug costs more than the other, and there's political influence on one drug than the other. And then, you know, we get a little bit of censorship, like Facebook is taking away that word, Plaquel, we can't talk about it. Even right now, I just seen, right before we started this show, um, you know, the QAnon groups, whatever, they're being deleted off Facebook. So how come one side, because basically QAnon, we should tell people what QAnon means. I mean, yeah, we can't, I mean, they actually, uh, last, I mean, not about last, but on one of uh, Trump's like virus viral addresses, um, a reporter brought up QAnon, and and um, I mean they're basically a conspiracy theory saying that that Trump is like a leader for the people that fighting um, the deep state, fighting deep state, and these QAnon people are fighting against like pedophilia, like predators, like things like that. It's supposed to be like a a very beneficial movement, but it's, it's like it's a like conspiracy theory. Like, yeah. but the thing is, like Matt was saying, that they're blocking these these remarks with with the, QAnon. The far right. The far. I mean, yeah, I guess we consider them far right, but I I don't know what they're technically considered far far right or far left. But they're more on the right side, you, you could say. But the thing is, like Matt was saying, that you could block these posts by these QAnon people, but then like you have um, Antifa posts being fine. Like people talk yeah. about Antifa, like. Like BLM is 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 a good group, but there's members of the BLM movement that aren't the best individuals, and like they're they're posting stuff, and and, and it's okay. So it's like if you censor one side, you have to censor the other side too. Otherwise, you're just you know you're just you're just causing causing havoc because the sides getting censored is going to be upset, and they're not going to have a voice, and they're going to lead it's going to lead them to to cause more outbursts. But then you're giving the other side a, pl- a bigger platform now too, right? So it's that's why censorship is kind of it's kind of um it's kind of crazy. I think, I think, not a lot of things should be censored if if any at all. And I feel like as human as people as individuals as intellectual individuals we should be able to discern what's truth and what what's not, right? 
I would prefer somebody give me everything uncensored than a little bit of censored stuff because then yeah. I could at least discern. Like, I'm not saying that like we shouldn't censor like these gross images and we shouldn't censor pedophilia, like, things like that. But those are like a huge part. Those are like, those are, those are, like on a opposite side of the spectrum. Like, you know, like we shouldn't let those things, things, uh, you know, get passed by the system, which I could, I could agree. I, I'm sure everybody could agree. Like things like that should not be allowed to be viewed anywhere or done anywhere, right? But things like, like Alex Jones and his opinions, like why do we censor that guy? The asthma is the shit that comes out of his mouth. It's, it's crazy, but let the guy talk because he does make some valid points sometimes. But then if you shut him down, guess what? You shut down all followers and that just makes him angry, makes him upset. So they're going to talk more shit because then if they keep saying, hey, you guys are, are bad, you guys are bad. And guess what? You shut them down that the way you're trying to hide kind of thing, you know, get mentality. I'm not saying that by shutting Alex Jones down, people are hiding stuff. I'm just saying that's what people, people come to that conclusion that because they shut us down and we've been saying that they're bad, that they, they must be bad. You get it? No, I get it. I get it. Mm. It's a, it's a double-edged sword, man. Dualism yeah. essentially. And Alex Jones was a, um, he had a website called Infowars and he just had a bunch of, I guess, conspiracy stuff, stuff on there. And like he got deleted off Facebook, Instagram, then he got literally silenced off YouTube, Apple, all these platforms. Like mm. it's mind blowing, you know, like why, why delete the person, you know? So like, and that's, that's like the shit that always makes me think about stuff. Like, dude, there, there has to be agenda greater than what we see on television because it just doesn't make sense. Mm. There's people out there in the world that are just getting slowly silenced or censored. And if it's not part of the agenda, that's for the greater whole. If you, if you don't believe in this, and that's what one thing I noticed in Cali. You're gonna go to Cali. You're gonna go travel nurse. You're gonna see that if you talk and interact with people, they have one very large view. I don't want to share the view, and if you don't believe in the view, you're gonna get kind of called out on it. You're gonna be you're gonna be looked at funny, man. Yeah, if that's the thing where these, especially like, like California, so I haven't been to California. Thing. It's like the hive mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're not with us, you're against us. Yep. But that's not how how it should be. Like I'll be the first one to tell you, like. I voted for Obama, but then again, I voted for voted for Trump last election too. So, like, we have two party systems, but it's just it's just like we are entitled to our opinions. Just because, like, like if you nurses out there, look at your unit. Like, sometimes you guys talk politics, but I guarantee you guys don't all agree on the same thing, right? Sure. And yet, you guys are still able to a help each other, b help the patients, and three work together as as a team, right? So why can't we do that in society? Like, you know, we all have our opinions. Why we're all different? So if we're all different. Do not expect others to have different opinions and things, different viewpoints. If we're all different, you know, we're all, we don't, we didn't all come from the same mom, same dad, right? We're not fucking robots. You know, we have, we have a brain and our brains work differently. Like we doesn't, mental illnesses, some people have mental illness and but don't, you know, and we're so unique and so different where our, one of our benefits to being humans and to be able to think and form opinion is the wide, wide variety of opinions that we could, that we could form. Because even though someone might have a ridiculous opinion that you know is never going to come true, guess what? Just for that putting that opinion on there, you know that that's, that's, that's false. You know, so that kind of narrows down like your opinions. You know, just because someone is bad shit crazy doesn't mean you should ignore them completely as a, as a human being. Because yeah. them being bad shit crazy kind of look lets you know, hey, that's the kind of thinking that, that I don't want. Yeah, not, not only that, but like in the entrepreneur sphere, you know, you always, t- you know, tell yourself, you have to think outside the box. Mm. You can't do group think. Like you want 
people with different ideas, you know? Like, imagine if we had a group of friends that no one disagrees and everybody, like, thinks alike. Well, if one person likes the drug, we're all just going to hop on a bandwagon. You know, no one's going to say no or that's wrong. And that's what's kind of cool because you can sit down with people and share ideas and compare. And because you guys have different opinions, you guys share perspectives and you guys grow because you guys are both Mm kind of, like, thinking and bouncing back ideas, you know? Yeah. But speaking of political things, you know, the last thing is the Democratic Party in 2020 is calling an end to the forever wars. The forever wars have been going on for the past 19 years. As you know, we got into Iraq, Afghanistan, and we just have a long American history of conflict in the Middle East, uh, the amazing war on terror, the the war against, uh, what is it called? ISIS. Uh, ISIS, but it was also the war on the... Um, the nuclear bombs. What what, it, what we call it? Um, I forgot what it's called, but we don't want Middle East have any kind of nuclear. Wait, oh, the Cold War? Not the Cold War. We thought that Iraq had like you know weapons of mass destruction. That's exactly what he said. There we go. And we're still fighting the same damn wars. We had two presidents in the past that you know said we're gonna pull out. Obama thought he's gonna pull out. Trump said he's gonna do some shit too. Didn't. And it's just like. We literally have spent up to upwards to $6 trillion on fighting them mm. over the past two decades. And it's like, I hope we could end this, man. Yeah. If, if you guys have to take, you guys got to realize that, like, just because there's a new president doesn't mean that it's going to be an automatic switch in policy. You guys got to realize that these policies are being built out for years and years and years, and you can't just quit a policy or, or just leave a war. And a lot of times the presidents get reelected. So four years, yeah, but they end up serving eight because most of the time they get reelected, right, for the second term. That's just how it is. So if, if you're a president and let's say you, you start a war on year number two. So guess what? If you start that war on year number two on presidency and you're president for eight years, guess what? That war is going to go on for, for, uh, for six more years. And then the next person that comes in, even though it's a new, new administration, the war's already started. You're already six years into that war. Your options of pulling out right there, right then are probably gone. For sure, God, because yeah. you can't just fight a war for six years and say, oh, I'm a Republican now, so we're all going to leave because the Democrats started this war. No, because that's just going to cause more shit. It's going to it's going to even go crazier because if you're in the middle of a war and you decide to pull out, guess what? The whole infrastructure is damaged. Who are you going to put back in power in, in, that, in that country? Who's, who, who's winning? Whose side are we on? Like, like how is that? We got to figure it out. You know, we can't just leave. Ideally, that would be great if we could just leave and then everything goes on its merry way, but that's not how it works. Yeah. Same with like like policy. Same with like like healthcare. Same with any kind of kind of policy. Like this is instilled as somebody's policies. Like yeah, they might sign a policy now, but that policy is not going to go into full effect until eight years from now, ten years from now. So we might not even be your, your administration, but it's just like you putting things forward for the next person to kind of kind of finish. And that person, next person is finishing the other president's stuff, and plus are starting starting a new trend of their own stuff. So it's not just like bang, fresh blank slate. It's never like that. Yeah, and, that, and that's how it started. I think Bill Clinton came to power in the '90s, and I think we had issues with Iraq before. Until um, Hussein invaded Kuwait, that's when he stepped in, started a bunch of shit. Bush came in, this whole thing happened. Went into Afghanistan, Iraq. Then Pakistan, I think Somalia at one point because we thought there's terrorists there as well. Mm-hmm. Obama came in. I mean, Bush invaded four countries and bombed them. Obama came in and he actually bombed seven, one of which I'm like very interested in, which was like Libya, you know? Like Libya happened so damn quick. Those that don't know where Libya is, it's um, North Africa, little country by by where? Jeez. Yeah. Bordering potentially, I don't even know, man. But it's it's in um, North Africa. Anyways, 
that guy had, he was building a currency backed up by gold to sell oil, which, and as you guys know, most countries are selling oil. Actually, bait. Egypt, or Libya is actually a pretty big country. You said it's small. But it's next, it's in between Egypt and Algeria. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, you know how, like, you. you know how Joe Rogan has, like, a young Jamie? Mm. We should get, like, a little young Jamie. Young, young Lucas. Young Lucas, man. Thank you for the tip there. But, um, yeah, like, in Libya, like, we were selling oil in, um, we we're selling oil in USD dollars. Petrodollar. Petrodollar, if you want to call that. And then Libya was supposed to make up a new currency to sell oil, Gaddafi. That was a huge, basically a hit to potentially our economy and other Arab countries. What do we do? Spread some propaganda. He was a dictator. He was killing people. Like a couple days later, we did a no-fly zone over that country. Then March 19th in 2011, which was on my birthday, Obama said we're just going to bomb the damn dude. Shot up. I don't know how many Tomahawk missiles, but it was worth billions of dollars. Killed the damn guy. And that's just how policy is done sometimes, man. Mm -hmm. And we say that we did it in the name of democracy, but did we? Did we do it for economical gains? Did we do it for the sake of oil? You know what I mean? And it's messed up because, you know, we're like the low people in a way. Like, you know, we're in the bottom of the totem pole, man. And we just see this shit happening and you're trying to make sense of it. And it's like, what the fudge, man? Yeah. Like, yeah. And we're like the bottom of the totem pole. So they could feed us whatever information they want because we're not there with the, with the higher ups. So like Matt said, you know, the president named her as like a social justice victory. It's a victory for the American people. It's a victory for democracy. But if you really think about it or if you really look, look up, look it up, is it really a battle for democracy or is it battle for money? You know, because if you think about it, it's, it's going to sound pretty shitty if someone says, hey, we're going to bomb Libya because we want the oil to stay in our currency. It sounds kind of shitty. But then if you say, hey, we want to bomb Libya because if you don't bomb Libya, our economy is going to go to shit. You guys are not going to have a job. Everything's going to get get devalued. The US dollar isn't going to be, be worth as much. It's going to be a lot harder for you to live. That looks a little different. Yeah. You know, even though this is a war for money, they can't, they, no one's going to tell you it's a war for money. Because if they tell you it's a war for money, it kind of sounds very shitty. But if you logically think about it, like it does sound shitty that's a war for money. But then if, it, if this war is not won and we don't get the money, then guess what? Our, like, the U.S. doesn't suffer. Yep. So it's kind of like Matt kept saying, like a double-edged sword. Like it's, it'll, it'll, no matter what you do, it looks look shitty. doesn't matter if you're fighting for democracy. doesn't matter if you're fighting for money. doesn't matter if you're fighting for oil. People are going to die. And just like with every war, the winner tends to seek more of the benefit. You know, except for like World War II, World War I, where all of Europe was destroyed. So who the fuck was the winner with that one? But yeah, it's, it's just like now I'm like food for thought here, guys. This is all opinion. It, it always is right. Grain of salt. But like, let's just say the whole Biarritz thing is happening now with the protests. Like maybe this is just a pro Western propaganda. You're right. You, you have Russia that's influenced that one country in Europe and Western and the European Union wants to get rid of him. Right. So let's put propaganda that, hey, he's a dictator, he's doing bad. You basically hijack fucking Facebook, right? Whoever controls that shit, throw some propaganda on the people that, hey, your country's bad, it's suffering. You're going to get people to start, what's it called? Protesting in the streets. Look what happened in Egypt when they threw out, when they overthrew their um, Muslim Brotherhood people, whatever, you know? Like, we say that, hey, CIA went in there and they were paying fucking protesters. So what makes you think we can't do it in our own country or in other countries, you know? And that's the damn thing. By the way, I think we're some fucking badass nurses because we could podcast and interview about nursing and we just talk about war and other shit. So yeah. if you guys like it, we freaking appreciate it because I could talk about this shit all day. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. 
check us on our Fridays, every Friday. Um, Patreon coming soon. Live stream coming soon. We're gonna live stream a few days ago, but then we were having some OBS studio issues, so we had to pass on that. And yeah, vlog coming soon. No dates. Matt gave a little bit of a, of like a, a little bit of timetable. Curveball. But we'll see. We'll see. We're moving. And then see you guys in California. A few months. Not a few months, but a few weeks. Ciao. That we can give you a timetable. That's gonna be mid-September. Mid-September. Yeah. Peace out, guys.